I really hope we got that. Anyway, welcome to Everyone Racers, a show designed for the world of low-dollar racing and oddball car culture. It doesn't matter what kind of Lemma Champ or Lucky Track Dog you run, SCCA or NASA, we won't discriminate, as long as you drive it hard and built it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussion, tips, tricks, as well as news and notes in the world of low-dollar endurance racing, and whether it's on the spot, hella sweet, or we're lucky enough, and Chrissy gives us just a tip. We're sure you'll giggle a little and learn even less. Everyone report to the paddock. This is Chris. This is Chrissy. I'm Jeff. And I'm Mental. And we are Everyone Racers. Thanks for coming back and listening to another emergency phone number of the world episode of our podcast. I have no idea what this means, but I'm going to read the copy that Mental wrote. It's Uh episode... Chris. No, Chris wrote that. Oh, Mental's been busy this week. Keep reading. Keep reading. It is episode 112. If you're not driving a car, don't forget your E1R bingo card. Link is in the show notes. What the heck is 112? Someone please explain. Yeah, really. It's, this is the thing I learned yesterday when trying to figure out what to say. This is a cute thing for 112. Is that 112 is like 911 for the entire rest of the world, basically. And even the U.S., if you dial 112, it'll forward to 911. Really? So, Top tip, if you're in another country and need an emergency, 911 ain't going to do something for most of them. So just try 112. That's, That's fantastic. I'm very yes. excited by or if that. Or if your nine breaks on your phone here, and or you can't reach the nine, you can only reach the one twos. Now I just <laughs> saved your life. So. You know, there was an old Stephen Wright joke where he said he had to get his phone disconnected. He bought a new phone. It was a like low-dollar phone. It had no yeah, five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to buy one on clearance has no five yep. somebody okay. said that's really weird how long have you had it he says I don't know my calendar is no seven <laughs> <laughs> no jokes what yeah, you working funny. on mental you start us off so you're going to hear a recurring theme. Uh, first off, let me apologize to our longtime listeners. You'll recognize the sound of my voice. I did bring a microphone with me. I didn't bring the right cable. So it's going to be a mental throwback tube of mockery episode. <laughs> so, uh, but, Check that uh, off your bingo card if you have it. <laughs> it's not so, so bad. It's not as bad as it used to be. I'm, I'm in a hotel whether... room, so it's not as echoey, and I'm not like under plywood that I put carpet on top of <laughs> to try and reduce, you know, what we thought was echoing off of my uh, the walls of my house. But like all the, of the, you, the shanty had you had some... built then was pretty pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it got different every week, which is fun. So you're like, oh, that, that's whatever he found on the ground, he added it to it. I was a homeless guy with a podcast. So uh, I've, I've been doing SEMA recovery just like you guys. I put you guys on a plane. I went to work the next day and immediately left, got on a plane, and came to Houston where I was racing with Jerry Ringle and the boys from the – well, actually, it's just now it's the Skinny Coyote Ranch racing team because he's got a pair of Miatas. Uh, fantastic time doing that. We'll talk more about that later. And I have spent this week uh, – voluntarily in a tiny Cadillac with Steph Schrader and Florida man, Donnie, as we take a tour of all that is Texas for the world of Texas rally. Cool. cool. 
Uh, I guess I go next. So I was not allowed to recover from SEMA as soon as I got home because I had a Boy Scout trip. So I loaded five 11-year-olds into the uh, Nissan Titan, commonly referred to as the Lesbian Lorry, and took them Why up the to... Titan? Why Titan? Well, because we're going camping. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. You so you had to carry up camping. Truck. You got to take right. your pick-em-up truck to do pick-em-up truck things. How did you fit five kids legally in the truck? Oh, well, it's got three. It's a bigger oh, back seat than the Mazda. Four, four kids and me. Sorry. Okay, great. Five, five kids and you. Sure. Uh, unless four one of them are driving. Not no, no, no. Four eleven. I get. I don't know. Could I put someone? No, I couldn't. Should we had a, uh, four we had a claim at work recently where they had an Ultima with seven people in it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. Didn't mean to. So anyway, yeah. So four eleven-year-olds who talked nonstop the entire trip. <laughs> Fortnite, 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 meme, 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 Fortnite, 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 meme, meme, meme. And then, tried, none of them understood your Smudge the Cat I, I tried to pull in Smudge the Cat. They didn't know what I was talking about. Blah, 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 all the way up. Uh, I also had to ferry them back and forth because we went to West Point. So we went to a football game and a campus tour. And Saturday morning, that's when the trouble started. I shouldn't say the trouble started. The trouble started as soon as I handed out Happy Meals to each one. Because <laughs> the French fries went everywhere. Some it's kid a kid brought... Thing, Chris. It's a kid some, thing. Some kid brought pretzels. There was pretzel dust. More, and more pretzel everywhere. on the floor than oh. it is in the kid's mouth. So then they, they're throwing the Happy Meal toys around. Anyway, Saturday morning is when the real trouble started. Kid... C, we'll call him. Kid C says, Oh, I don't feel good, Mr. Wakeman. (laughs) Hospitals are closed on Saturdays, kid. (laughs) It's like, Are you going to throw up? No. Ten minutes later, I think I'm going to throw up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so there was three rounds of puking. Only two of them were actually in the truck. Uh, I'm so glad I got the good floor mats. Because thank God I have yes, uh, WeatherTech. So thank you for not only sponsoring what are all the cool races in America, but man, <laughs> it held up great. Uh, Did he just use it? As have a you hosed tray? it off yet? No. I no no no. Sunday I got home and cleaned the hell out of it because <laughs> all that trouble. I you know I had to clean it each time because the other eleven year olds are like, I'm not sitting in this court. No, I'll clean it. <laughs> Sounds like a nightmare. It was a nightmare. It was a total nightmare. We got oh. uh, it's terrible. Uh, so on the way home, he felt fine. Thank God, no oh, puke on the way home. Ten minutes from where in town, five minutes from where I'm dropping them all off. A kid knocks over a 20-ounce root beer into the floor well of the passenger side floor front. <laughs> I'm like, Again, oh, my God. Thank you, WeatherTech. But thank still. you, WeatherTech, for the big yeah, but, floor mats. But get out of my car. Get out of my car now. <laughs> so on I Sunday, feel bad because you actually, you actually were inspired enough to clean your truck, and they dirtied it up again. I, I did. No, no, no. I, I, I cleaned the heck out of the truck on Sunday afternoon after I brought him home. I even took photos of me like lying on the ground, scrubbing the underneath of the of the doors because I knew you wouldn't believe me. But every time I closed the door, like like the root beer would like sticky, so it'd be like every time. So I had to like it was terrible. 
Oh, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, thank you, Chris, for reminding me. The only other thing I had to do uh, since last podcast was uh, search my house for incandescent light bulbs so that I could put them under the hoods of the race cars because in New Jersey we had our first freezes. So thank God we got that done. No issues, we hope. Um, quick, was your trip, did you have fun on your trip? I saw oh, yeah, you eating absolutely. a bag, eggs out of a bag. Eggs out of a bag, that was cool. Oh, and you went to a football game where they lost. It, no, did you no, do anything they won. Else? They won by a million. Oh, I wasn't sure which team you were rooting for. I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. Uh, Army. I mean, you're, if you're doing the tour of West Point, you cheer for oh, Army. Got sorry, it. Mental. I know it's not your favorite team. But you, so you did have fun. If, if I go to West Point, I'm and... cheering for Army unless they're playing the Air Force. There you go. So, yeah, so they had a good time and they shot cannons and they did all kinds of push ups. And the tour was actually really incredible. The 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 West Point school is pretty dang amazing and historical and how they you know, I work at a college and how they live life at college is so drastically different than how your <laughs> average college student <laughs> Yes, there's a little yes. more order to what's a going on. A little more order, yeah. And when the secretary of the army shows up for the army football game and says that hours are forgiven, that is the greatest thing ever because basically every time you do something wrong, you get a certain amount of hours of drill. And when a big dignitary comes to campus, they have the opportunity to forgive all stacked up hours. So if you miss a class, you have to drill for 10 hours. If you were late, maybe you get three hours, you know, didn't clean your room, failed inspection, five hours, seven hours, whatever. And they all stack up because you don't have enough time to do it. There's no hours left for you to so, do. So you've do been marching things. day and night and day and night. You still have 10 to do. And then, like, the guy shows up for the football game and at dinner says, I proclaim all hours forgiven. And the whole place goes nuts. Like, woo! So I, that was do? it. What do they do? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll antifreeze the cars this coming weekend. I'll put it on the list. Yep. Chris, what did you do? <clears throat> Uh, after SEMA, I slept a lot after a zombie day at work where I was completely <laughs> useless. And, uh, but I was like the only one at work at my level. So fortunately, it was good I was there. Um, but yeah, after that, like, I fell asleep on the sofa at 730 and slept until like <laughs> 9. Oh, and then we got the up and day. then went to bed. And then yeah. 8 o'clock and then we went to bed after that. Um, so then uh, recovery, put antifreeze in the Civic because, you know, it's going to get cold. Should do that. Uh, put snow tires on the Mazda again. Getting cold and extreme contact sports are not good tires in the cold. No, get some laundry, no. things like that. That's about it. This weekend, though, I'm going to be having a fluid film extravaganza. <clears throat> fluid filming all the things, Woo! like Woo! the and snowflake <laughs> and the Mazda. And if Jeff brings a lesbian Lori up here, we can do that too. Just gotta bring, she really yeah. should. Yep. Yes. No, oh, I definitely want a fluid film it. I'm not sure I have a hall pass. So yeah. you know, you only needed five hours. So simply we gotta get solstice up and well, into storage. Two hours over. Yeah. How many weekends have I been away? A lot. Fluid film is yeah. very important. It should. It, it is. And, it and is. getting we'll the solstice see. out of the trailer, getting the all season yes. tires on it, getting it antifreeze, and putting it over in the storage garage so that yes, you put the yes. Z back in your trailer. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. 
Nice. I will have to push it because, of course, it won't run. Anyway, right. Chrissy, what are you working on? Oh, I was at SEMA with all y'all, and then we had a full-out SEMA hangover. I was missing cars, uh, looking at cars, asking for free crap, or at least getting coupons, taking pictures of the thing, and posting on social media. And I was forgetting that I like this. Is what do we normally do? Oh, we don't just do all of that. So, uh, also zombie on Friday. I work from home though. I my boss was looking for me and I just said I just didn't I couldn't I don't I don't care I'm not going to work um also a side note had a conversation had a meeting with my boss uh he may now be a listener because we started I told him I was going to SEMA and he started talking about SEMA and how cool it was and then we started getting into he's like well I'll, I you know maybe next year I'll go and I was like so you can't so you have you can you know, <laughs> so like certain ways you can get in there I don't think you understand, boss man. You don't have the credentials well, to do what I do. That's where we got to because I was like, if you have to be an exhi- exhibitor, buyer, or media to to get in, and he looks at me and says, <laughs> "How did you get in?" Oh, well, now you're going to find out. So, welcome, listener uh, number seven hundred and fifty-two, uh, Michael Langston. Yeah, I uh, know, you- I know people. Right. So I was like, oh, I have this podcast. So anyway, side note, uh, that's how we got in. Anyway, uh, this work this weekend, we laid low. Uh, we caught up on sleep. Did I did some yard work, undid my uh, gardens and uh, raked a whole lot of leaves. And uh, then we did some car work. So, yep, that's what we did. Cool. Someday, yep. someday we'll start working on cars again. So uh, now's the time I don't yell in the microphone and say, news and notes time. Who's got news and notes? Oh, wait, I do. I'll go first. The ability to keep the microphone. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, so we already talked about uh, about a month ago about the production in the C8 Corvette that basically was delayed by the United Auto Workers strike uh, saying, screw you to GM. And for <laughs> some reason, and we are still baffled by this, there are people with existing C7 orders that have yet to be complete. Why any of them still care about the C7, I'm not really sure. Ain't no but, Corvette with engine in the back. Uh, I know, I, I know. A Corvette. Where am I going to put my lawn chairs? Uh, There's so, engine back there. Okay, uh, cor- Boomer. Okay, Eric, according to Eric Weiner at Haggerty, Chevy is now confirming a delay until February for people to start receiving their C8s. Oh, uh, we, sh- we should assume that the product, the convertible production, which was originally going to be slated for the last quarter of 2020, will probably, or for the first quarter of 2020, will probably be pushed until the second quarter. So you're probably not even going to receive your convertible Corvettes until like convertible season is over. So. Forever. Good job but for ordering that. The convertible Corvette is only very slightly more of the roof comes off than the normal Seriously. Targa one. I, I that is so, ridiculous. Yeah. Plus, Targas are just better. So. Tar- Targas are better. We all love Targas. Uh, link in the show notes to the Haggerty article. Okay. Great. And while okay. we were busy at SEMA listening to Racing Legends, another Racing Legend successfully bought the world-famous Indianapolis Speedway and the IndyCar Series. From Cameron Nouveau, also at Haggerty, on November 4th, it was announced that Roger Penske had purchased Indianapolis Motor Speedway, according to an announcement. Cameron also said, if we're to trust any billionaire with the future and success of America's auto racing's greatest asset, Penske would be at the top of that list. Yeah, that would actually like got announced as we were getting on the plane. So mm-hmm. I was like, I got to read some of the articles, and then I had to put my phone in airplane mode. And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know what, I didn't finish the, ah, oh, crap. I really want to see more about that. 
I'm pretty sure you didn't. I, you actually just lost the internet because you didn't turn your phone off. You still were on the internet. <laughs> just saying. And He's of course, like, of course, Chrissy's tattling. I am tattling because I was like, I didn't tell them. But he was like, I wait, I turned it off. And then I was reading, and I was like, oh, crap, I got to read again. So I turned it back on, and then I, like, took a couple <laughs> links, and I turned it off, and I read those links. And I was like, do you think there's still service? So I turned it back on, and then it wasn't working. You're right. Okay, <laughs> anyway, let's move on. So uh, well, well known for their Porsche builds, Benton Performance out of Anaheim, uh, California, caught fire and lost $3 million worth of 1950 to 1970 Porsche cars, engines, and parts. Uh, I'm going to go outside and scream to the heavens in great anguish. Yeah, Yeah, right? $3 million worth of Porsches could be like Uh, two of them. Well, sure. I mean, it was engines and parts and stuff. It was just so the fire started when a random F-150 blew up in the next lot over. And then because they were having these 50 mile an hour winds, they sustained in the area. The fire spread quickly, deemed it all gone. Uh, Wildfire. So now that there's wildfires happening all over the place, I'm sure this will continue to happen. And this is probably not the only story of lost fun cars. I think it's funny that they are like you know, it was an F-150. That- yeah, and they said it just randomly blew up. And then they said, but uh, the the rest of this article says that the fire company went to the wrong lot that was not on fire or something. <laughs> they went to the wrong address. So the, the fire went for like half an hour. So, of course, it it burned down this part of the garage quickly. Um, but that everything else was gone and then some because the fire company didn't show up to the right place. The fire company start- was at Mo, Larry, and Shep, I believe. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> not even, oh, wow, that's a, that's a me one. Not even the good one. You went with a Shemp. Shemp, Shemp, exactly. Okay. Uh, speaking of Shemp and not good ones, Lemons was at MSR <laughs> Houston. Uh, yes. Mental, you were there. What do you do? Do you want me to do the intro and then you talk about it, or what? They're no, we'll, two... just, we'll just we'll just run through it real quick. So yeah, okay. 102 cars, nine BMWs. Boring, boring. One was a K swapped 2002. So he wasn't boring. Ten Hondas, ten Miatas, six Porsches, the 41 Olds, and the infamous yin and yang battle of the two Dodge Darts. One doing the Sputnik uh, Russian, and the other one the Escape Velocity. So Class A and the overall went to Ron Burgund Z, and they finally did. They won one of their 280ZX. And honestly, I didn't see those guys more than 30 seconds all weekend. They were just running clean and running fast. Uh, Class B went to Scrappy Robot Prelude, and number. Uh, uh, what the, kind of car did they have? Uh, Prelude. No, okay. Uh, no, Monte Carlo. All right. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Now the uh, the Class C was Radicus Racing, and they were in that '79 Olds '98, that big purple one you'll see in all the photos because it photographs really well. Uh, I got screwed. Went to Tetanus in the Z car, their uh, 240, for a control arm failure after they were leading for a long time. Those. I know we're not supposed to like that, but man, that whole team has really figured out that Z, and it is, and they're they're really getting as bad with their boring BMW E30 as well. Now the uh, this was interesting. So Heroic Fix and Life of the Party both went to two separate teams, 
and they handed him both the trophies and said, let, let you guys figure it out. So, uh, escape velocity, of course, is one of those Dodge darts. That's the one painted up America style and the, uh, spin it to win. It's an MR2. And they were both wrestling with it all weekend. The, uh, the, the poor Dodge spent the whole weekend up on Jack's stands. We'll go out, turn some last, but they did actually go out there and take the checkered. They put on another great potluck, which I'm, I'm happy to see that becoming a tradition. That is just a fantastic Early. time. Gets everybody back together, and it, it, it does liven up the paddock. If you guys are watching our social media, you saw uh, one of the teams was it actually was a group of sheriffs, and they had an old Crown Vic. One of them was a fireman, and they were patrolling the uh, pit area with their lights going until Florida Man Donnie sold them some meth. <laughs> which is, is labeled not meth, so it's clearly not meth. Uh, the, res- the the regional trophy, known as the Resistance is Futile, went to the Resistance because their poor little Honda Civic it it's it's a write off. It it went into the wall hard. It was just terrible. Uh, Judge's choice went to the entire Nitro Circus team. Travis and the whole crew were out there, and they were doing an East Coast West Coast thing. So they had that one ninety nine uh, El Camino which I am absolutely convinced that some of his NASCAR buddies breathed on that thing because it was stupid fast, alarmingly fast. And they were also out there in a Miata. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, They had a potato Miata, and I ended up in an epic Miata-on-Miata battle with Andy Bell until he overheated it. And then we lost our crank pulley, and they let me go over there and steal parts off of their Miata. So that was a good time. And the organizer's choice went to that team that Eric mentioned last week, the Lake Travis High School Racing Team and that Dodge Omni that they dug out of uh, sunk into somebody's land down in Houston. It was so bad. The cage was horrible. They had to go back and do it. There were some other interesting cages out there. One car rolled in, and you could see written on the backstay pipes. It was written still Schedule Forty. <laughs> so they were they were using plumbing. Nice. Uh, another oh, no. a, I know. How do you even I, weld that? Like it won't weld. It would just melt. Well, not plastic. They have Schedule Forty metal too. That's yeah, no, but the the metal yeah. has no like the it's hot metal. Melting yeah, yeah. temperature is just, just fall apart. If you're gonna use the wrong stuff, at least take it, rub it off or something. Like, <laughs> don't advertise that you're literally using like, the wrong stuff. Use galvanized fence post at least. Come on. Yeah. Oh, no. Another another team. On their on their halo bar, the uh, the Ford most halo bar, they took the time to bend it around their rearview mirror. No, <laughs> folks, if you're listening to this and you're interested in racing, go to the 24 Hours of Lemons page, and they have a wonderful presentation. It's a slideshow PowerPoint called "How Not to Fail Tech," and I personally assure you, if you read that, the guidance on that will also get you into almost every other series about how to not fail tech. You don't use Schedule 40 pipe, just and if you don't understand how to build a roll cage, just have it done. Yeah, the the champ car rules are also gotten uh, to be pretty good about saying this is what a cage should look like. These are the important bits. <laughs> These need to be straight, yes. etc. So that's another good resource too. Yeah, it, uh, uh, it 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 was a pouring rain while everybody was driving there. We we're really worried it was going to be another damp, wet Houston race, but it uh, dried out Friday and actually had a great time. Can't thank Jerry enough. We did lose one of the Miatas, but we we're out there duking it out, and the other one had a great time. Awesome. Well, you, lost, you said you lost your uh, crank pulley. Yeah, we. It's this is this is. And Chris, you might appreciate this. So it. I was down to a quarter of a tank, and we were getting ready for a pit stop, and it started sputtering in what right hand turns, fuel starvation. 
So I just modified my driving line, backed off of the little bit, and then it started sputtering all the time. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm out of gas. And they said, well, we're not quite there. Take one more lap. And she died completely. <laughs> oh, we've been there. <laughs> been there. <laughs> well, so it, it comes in on the hook. And we're like, okay, we'll, we'll dump some gas in. And I'm like, hang on a second. Let's make sure it's not ignition before we go through the trouble of putting gas in it in the pits. And when they, they popped the hood on it, uh, Roger, one of the teammates, goes, oh, I think I found the problem. And uh, they come around to the side of the you car. and go, yeah. Belts. They go, they go, we think it's a harmonic balancer. And I said, well, w- what's wrong with a harmonic balancer? And he goes, oh, would you like me to show it to you? And then he holds it up. So, <laughs> And that took the timing belt off with it. We we did pull the part off the Nitro Circus car, but we were going to have to do some modifications due to the differences in the engines. And we could not get the teeth off of the main crank bully. So that whole engine is mm-hmm. going to have to come out. But we don't think we bent anything. I don't think piston met this valve. But no, the, the automotors are they're non-interference. So, yeah, you know, it, they were both uh, they were both in Amiatas. Yeah, crank pulleys all the time. That's like a normal thing. Yeah, and it, so. it, it kind of came forward because the timing belt like burned through the timing belt cover as it mm. was starting to go south. But you, uh, usually, it's the keyway. Like the keyway is not long enough in the early NA motors. So yeah, it sheared. The tooth yeah. still had the key in it, and the, yeah, the yeah. harmonic balancer sheared off. Yeah, there's a there's a way to tell the difference between the short nose crank and the long nose crank, right. and the long nose crank has a lot more life in it. So mm. mental, you you didn't just drive the wheels off it; you drove the balancer off of it. <laughs> Fine, close. Fine. Well, uh, we're glad you enjoyed that. We're glad you survived because you're probably not going to survive the <laughs> Texas rally. Um, you were so so. Just to make sure everyone is aware. The right after the rally, right after the race, the Lemons race, mm-hmm. there was the Tour of Texas Lemons rally, and for Correct. some reason, that, decided that Monday morning, that was a good idea. <laughs> well, if folks, if you're if you're new to listen to this show, there's going to be another theme: is that there are two of the hosts of the show do not make good decisions, and I'm obviously one of them. So yes, I'm doing the 24 Hours of Lemons rally. It's really common to its own. We've had our show on Crap Can Rallies before. That's how we all met. It's a great time. If you're not into racing, if you guys actually, you guys remember the Black Dodge Dart, the uh, New York to Paris and 80 Days themed one with the two heads on it, yeah. the yeah. press the button max. Uh, after the uh, New Jersey race, they're, they've just decided they're done racing, but they still have that Dodge Dart and they drove it. They trailered it down here and they're driving that on the rally. That's their new uh, outlet oh, is their That's cool. They same costume, same theme and everything. Yes. And uh, we actually spent some time with them at the restaurant last night. Great. It's, it's a pair of brothers and now they're, kids are getting into it and they just they're just gearheads and they love doing this kind of stuff so we're down here with the rally and there there's a handful of racers but really it's a whole lot of people like outside of that that are just out here doing this crap can rallies and i would encourage everyone listening you've got the they've actually got them in every part of the country now and these are stupid fun that's a good we commercial keep, we uh, keep threatening to do it i know, every time I know. Aaron comes on, we, we keep threatening it, it. You're yeah. having so much fun. We and waste all of our vacation days doing racing and traveling totally. for racing. Totally. So, but you know, since mental still underemployed for the federal government. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you're in a Cimarron. I am in one of four no. ever built 1986 oh. Cadillac Cimarrons with a five speed. 
I thought you said there were going to be four Cimarrons on yeah, you're the like, ground. Like, there's no way there's others. four Cimarrons. <laughs> no, so no, there's no. only four standard transmission Cimarrons. 86 Cimarrons. 86. 86. And, and, and yeah, Florida Man Donnie did the, the VIN code. Now, going to the larger picture, there are actually 38 cars on this rally. Which one's They've the got three. Well, your and that's a great that's a great thing. So three Volvos, three vans. We'll talk about some of the vans. Damn, two, yeah, two El Caminoized cars, and uh, a pair of cheaters and an 07 Shelby GT500. Uh, their their projected rally car broke down. Another team had a full OCP RoboCop style Taurus that blew up, and they rented a car. So they're driving around in a rented car. So some of my favorite cars, Lee, I, I do have the list up right here. Um, right now, everyone's favorite guys are the War Pigs, and you can find them on the Instagram on the War Pigs. They showed up in a 70, uh, 76 Jeep with no top, no doors. Last or Monday night, it was freezing rain. It was sleeting. Uh, and those guys were driving around like that. So it's a 1969 Jeep CJ5. Oh, the short wheelbase. Yeah, and they've gone full army themed. It's got a top speed of 45 miles an hour. These poor guys are miserable. That was really funny. There's a pair of guys in a 74 MG Midget. Nice. That's, That's a good one. Um, yes, one of well, it's team moving violations, but they're on Instagram as mom liked me best. And they are in a 1950, uh, I'm sorry, a 1964 Ford Falcon van that Ooh. they drove from Minnesota to Houston to drive around Texas and drive back to Minnesota. That's crazy. <laughs> That's terrible. It is. That's it is. It's a terrible idea, but it is. It's a, and, and you can tell it's a Minnesota van because it's it's pretty rusty. I'm sorry. It's a, their team name is Mom Always Liked Me Best. They are hilarious. They're out here having a great time doing it. And there's and we'll talk about some of the other stuff. Uh, Tommy Salami, who raced this weekend with the um, the his Ford Pinto van. His girlfriend drove a GTI that Ron, another Lemons racer, had done engine swaps in the book of how to get parts for this car is apparently six pages long because if this breaks it's a hyundai if that breaks it's a passat if this breaks it's a gti <laughs> she, she, too. Yep. she drove it she drove it from denver to amarillo where he was going trailer into dallas and then you know they would go out to the race but he said oh, I'm, I'm too far behind so she had to drive all the way to houston she has no gauges everything is cell phone Nice. Hey, Metzl, and there's a whole bunch your, of wires. I'm going to turn your video off. You're breaking up a lot. Okay. And uh, she she has to uh, she has to drive that thing all the way back to Denver. So it's 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 going to be a challenge. But they have no gauges, and she's using her iPhone, and they're just kind of guessing by how many miles they're covering uh, when they should stop for gas. So they've lucked out so far. Awesome. Good for them. <laughs> So I don't want to spend too much time on the rally because we have a really good uh, theme we tonight. Do. But uh, any really exciting we've got, challenges? We've got so some far? time to spend on it. So. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's. What they've done is they've overloaded it. There's too much. There are uh, a ton of historic markers and deviations in tours. So you're just trying to maximize your time. Uh, the the biggest notable, and I say challenge 
is we got to go to the Cadillac Ranch. And of course, we're driving a Cadillac. We we're going to the Cadillac Ranch. And if you haven't seen that one on our Instagram, we read from the holy book, Motor Trend 1987. What was great is the uh, the team I mentioned in the Dodge Dark, the uh, New York to Paris team. Uh, they showed up. And they actually went through there and picked up, uh, Steve told me, something like uh, five pounds of trash. Uh, it's the push the button max team. They, they walked yeah. through the area. And picked, they just cleaned up the Cadillac Ranch because they don't like litter. That's yeah, nice. so it's, it's, yeah, exactly. Just, just being, good, being good automotive citizens. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, we're, we're averaging like 600 miles a day. <laughs> It's a how's lot. The, how's the Cimarron holding up to 600 miles a day with three people and stuff? And Oh, yeah. It is loaded to the gills. So it actually is – Donnie drove it out here from Florida. It's been doing great. But the first night of the rally, Monday night, while it was freezing rain, uh, we'd stopped to check the oil, added a little bit of oil. The wind kicked up and spilled a little oil, so we just stopped trying to do that. And a – in the middle of nowhere, in fact, we were 50 miles to the next town, the belts decided to leave. So we lost power steering, charging, water pump, and air conditioning, uh, or defroster all at once. And we noticed that the the amps were slipping. So we were really trying to nurse it. Then all of a sudden, the uh, heat spiked up and we lost power steering. So we like pulled over immediately. It was miserable, freezing cold, and I'm wearing a suit. Donnie's wearing flip-flops, but we managed to just get the water pump and alternator belt on it with some help of uh, the Days of Thunder Racing, a pair of guys from uh, from North Texas and a Lumina, and limped it into the next town. And we keep saying we went and bought all new belts, and we're going to put them on, but it hasn't gotten warm enough yet. It's only been like 40 degrees. So we have them in the car if we need them, but we're, we're not going to change them. So we've been driving around with no power steering. Outside of that, we've been averaging like 24 miles per gallon. Not bad for 88 bad. horsepower. <laughs> yeah, I know. When new, and there's no way it has 88 horsepower now. It drives really nice for a Cavalier. Donnie's going to hurt me for saying that, but it's, yeah, it's a cool. For calling car. it a Cavalier or saying it drives nice? <laughs> for, calling, for calling it a yes. Cavalier, he knows it drives nice. <laughs> we are luxuriating in the brown velour of the Cadillac say, it's, it's brown, it has lots of velour. It has a Cadillac badge, but it's basically a, a Cavalier. Cavalier. Yeah. yeah, but the cruise control works. The power windows all work. The air conditioning works. It's only got like it's. Uh, he bought it with sixty eight thousand miles on it. Oh, That's crazy. It's, grand, it's grandma's car. Yeah, he, he actually did bought it from a grandma. They towed it uh, behind their uh, RV. Right. <laughs> so so here's the question uh because i know not everyone has listened to every show what is the best way to find all the cool pictures and everything on instagram what's the that's the question just search for the hashtag lemons rally that would be that'll get you everything you need to know that's how eric is keeping score deep in his uh kandahar basement apartment in chicago <laughs> Very nice, very nice. Uh, anything else we want to ask about the event before we move on? I'm looking at my other hosts. No, we'll move on. Listener fun. feedback. Go on, a, go on a lemons rally. That's the question. Okay. We, uh, what? what? Go on a lemons go rally. On a lemons rally. 
Okay. That's your that's your takeaway. I got it. We were we're mixing topics here. Okay. So we posted so much in the last week. It's way too hard to capture everyone's comments. But first, I want to say thank you. Thank you to everyone for putting up our with our many posts. Thank you for liking, commenting, putting up with our posts. Um, in case you, especially if you felt like they were spam, we tried some different things. Uh, we if you uh, if you have some things that you liked, maybe the more videos or dislike. Jeff's editions of moving stickers and glitter on the Insta story. We want to hear it. So thank you again for listening, uh, watching, and all that good stuff. Uh, hopefully we'll not try to continue to spam you. So I, after it, what? Go ahead. I was going to say, once they taught you, like, hey, here's how to do a sticker. Yeah. Here's, here's how like, to do a poll. I'm like, oh, okay. And then Bethel's <laughs> like, this is a boomerang. I'm like, that's awesome. I'm I, just like, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to do it. Basically, yes. Okay, so uh, thank you everyone for putting up with what we did. So for some actual feedback, here's what we got. Everybody is loving Mentals used card sales. That was awesome. Uh, a few of you, so Dave Santiago and Eric commented that, and a bunch of you liked the video of the introduction to the gear wrenches that we uh that do you use to uh when you have the stripped out bolts uh that was my idea for the video just saying uh and it's gonna be a nice gift for your fellow racers we will talk about shopping season is coming folks we will and we'll talk about our our favorite gifts like we did last year because i think that was fun uh we had a great time talking to bill strong and chelsea from champ car lots you liked comment and shared thank you uh we can't wait to race with champ uh, in 2020, uh, we'll probably be going to Watkins Glen, so that should be fun. Did that, did that decision get made on the plane, or, or while you guys were talking to Bill? Oh no, I think in the Champ Car booth, we basically said, yeah. "I looked yeah, at the schedule and said, oh, it's a Glen race, and it's right in between the two Lemons races.' Yeah, that that's we're going to that one. I think that's oh, that's okay. Good. May I may I reserve a seat, please? Maybe sure. Sure, <laughs> we're not there yet. Anyway, uh, and we okay, we, and we love the interaction we got on Insta. Uh, we all got better or worse, depending on what you were thinking about using it. So, uh, thank you for giving us time. Uh, hopefully, we'll give us some. Get, we'll be better at that. Uh, and also, if you are a new listener because you saw some of our posts last week, uh, because we gave you a business card at SEMA or happened to stumble upon us, thank you for listening so far. We promise that we will only become more interesting from here because we've got yeah. a good topic on today. I, I, I'd like to say if you're here for this. SEMA coverage because you think we, we you met us at SEMA. It's coming up in the upcoming weeks. We actually did a SEMA show all last week. So if you want to hear about SEMA, go to last week. Oh, or the week before. But we didn't too. want to bore. Yeah, yeah we had or, pre-SEMA too. Yeah, oh, you're right. We had a pre-SEMA. But we didn't want to bore people and do like three shows in a row about SEMA. So we're breaking it up a little. We're going to be doing a going faster uh, theme tonight. But trust us, SEMA stuff will be covered in the next few weeks, including, as Chrissy already mentioned, our What to Buy Your Gearhead for Chris Mahana Kwanzaa show, which is coming up. Excellent. Great. Now, you know, I am traveling down here in Texas, and the food has been wonderful, and the hospitality is very Southern. But there's just the the first time, actually this season, I think I went to a lemons race and I was missing something. And I realized what it was. Cookies. It's true. Hi, Chris. <laughs> Hi, Chrissy's mom. Hi, Chrissy's mom. Hi, All right. Chrissy's mom. Number uh, one listener. Woo! Main topic time. Okay. So <laughs> is that sufficient? Hopefully so. That's sufficient. Main topic. Okay. I was trying to be not yelling in the in the microphone. Anyway, we ha- we know that we have some great listeners who've been with us. For you who might be just joining us, we're this is a number four of a multi part series. Part one was breaking. Uh, I, I'm sorry, where this is our topic is actually just is going faster. Uh, and so part one was breaking. Uh, that can be found on episode 92. 
uh, you might want to write this down unless you're driving, then just remember it or something. Uh, part two is episode 95. That was acceleration. Part three was uh, episode 101, and that covered vision. So, to, oops, go ahead. Yeah, so yep. the, this is part four tonight's. It's part one of part four because there's so much to say about our topic tonight of cornering that there's no way we're going to fit it all in one episode, especially with our good coverage of uh, the Lemons Rally live from the rally. So <clears throat> this is part four, part one to get as confusing as we possibly can. So, <clears throat> one crime. Yes, exactly. So most of the time we spend on track is cornering, really, and it separates the fastest cars from the rest. Or if you have a, a low-power crappy car, it can actually help you stay ahead of that higher-power car. So we're going to discuss over these two episodes how to maximize your cornering speed, including how to pick the right line for the situation, how the track design changes the line you want to use, and really how everything else we've discussed in the previous Going Faster series applies. It's braking, accelerating, vision, all apply to cornering. Now, rain driving, that's going to be another whole separate future episode because that's a whole topic into in and of itself. So, I love the rain. Yep. Until you spin off into the grass after proclaiming yourself Senna. So. <laughs> <laughs> Only happened once. That never happens. And twice. you're never going to live it down. <laughs> all right. Good. Yeah, twice so, in ten minutes. It's yeah, exactly. Hey, the you didn't get a bill from New Jersey for their lawn care, so that's nice. So <laughs> we're going to start with a very quick review of the basics for those fairly new. If you're a pro, then bear with us for a minute while we get everybody up to speed. All right. So, in a standard hypothetical right-hand ninety-degree corner, you start the turn on the outside, which would be the left. And then you cross the racing surface to the inside on the right at the middle of the corner. And then cross back to the outside on the left as the corner is over. That's a standard racing line on a 90-degree corner with uh, the same kind of straights on both sides. Now, usually you, uh, you've you got your turn-in, which is where you... That's what it's called when you turn in. It's really a tough name for that one. Your apex is the <laughs> middle of the corner. It's like the peak of the mountain of the, the inside of the corner. And your track out is where you finish your corner and you're going straight again once the corner's done. So those are the terms that we're going to be talking about tonight. Typically, in this kind of corner, especially when you're starting, you're going to finish your braking before you start turning, and then you're going to roll into the gas by the time you're at your apex, and then more as you keep going to your ape, to your track out. And um, it's, it's simple. Everyone knows this, unless you didn't. Now you do. So we're going to roll on from this here, because the rest of our whole episodes, this tonight and next week, are going to be at the times when this does not apply because that's when things get interesting. That's when things get exciting. And that's when good drivers actually step up from everybody else. Jeff. Yeah. If you can't do the standard <clears throat> out in out, don't get confused it's, by everything else we're going to say. Yeah. Exactly. You know, cause that's, we're, we're basically not going to say that we assume, you know, that. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's why we had the intro. So fortunately, if you're not sure about that, pause on this. Go <laughs> pick up uh, Speed Secrets. Go pick up Going Faster. Go pick up um, Secrets of Solo go, Racing. Go go to a track day. Go to track Get day. Some instruction. Google the racing line. Something. Like, do that and get started. And then we'll p pick us back up, and, and it'll make more sense. So, mental, take over. All right. So 
again, we apologize to our pros, but we're going to talk about the traction circle because that's how you relate what is effectively a three-dimensional concept into a two-dimensional medium. Now, if you're listening to this at home, take a sheet of paper, and I literally want you to draw a whole circle on that sheet of paper, just a big circle. At the top of that circle, write the word brakes. At the bottom of that circle, write the word gas. And then on the right side, make an R, and on the left side, make an L. And that is what we refer to as the traction circle. So if you think about your car being in the center of this when it's not moving, when you jam on the brakes as hard as you can, your goal is to try and get the dot to move as close to that brake as humanly possible without stepping outside of the circle. How do you know that you've stepped outside of the circle and exceeded your traction? your tires slide. You are now no longer braking the car. They are smoking. They are locked up. You've just flat spotted a set of raised tires. The same thing goes when you're looking at the gas, the acceleration part of it. If you light them up, boil the tires, Trans Am style, woo, America, that's great. But you have exceeded the traction circle. And you can imagine the same thing happens to the left and the right. And the reason we draw that in a circle is if, well, for the sake of this discussion, we'll look at the brake and the right. Well, if you're turning to the right, and you're braking, you notice that the circle comes in and you have less of both. You can only give 100% of your grip. So you have to be aware of what you're doing in this corner because you're braking, and as you come off the brakes, you get to have a little bit more turn in. Now, as you're a beginner, and I've, we've actually, we've all taught at track days, you're taught to separate your inputs and do one thing at a time. And that's rock solid advice. Stick with it. And then once you've got those basics down, you start to combine them. So the right mix of balance takes some experience. And unfortunately, it's going to take some times where you step over that limit and realize, wow, I really shouldn't have done that. But that's going to help you understand it and wrap your head around it. In a driver, you can better exploit the grip available in the tires when you start to combine the braking steering acceleration. But don't do that if you're a new listener listening to this. I want you to brake, take your foot off the brake, turn your head, do the outside, inside, outside, and then accelerate once you're past the atex. It is sometimes okay to go over that 100% grip necessary. That's when you start getting into the trail braking or the guys that will hang the rear end out there. If you watch old films of Senna, he was a master of this as long as it's controlled, but that is a terrible tactic for every lap because your car won't last, and we're all endurance racers. And it is, it's more than just hard on the tires. It is death to a set of tires and usually death to everything else on there. And say like if your nickname's mental and you're on a team and you've got the highest fuel consumption rate of everyone on a team, it's usually because you're doing something silly like that. Now, but it is also a way to separate the really great drivers from the really good ones. The best drivers do the best job of having as much tire as possible close to the ragged edge that line of that friction circle you just drew in most of those situations i hope that makes sense if it doesn't get a hold of us on our social media and we'll go through it again and and we're not above a one-on-one -on -one email either yeah chris you great. had something well I just, great I, great I just want to expand just for slightly i think the the i heard it once and I, it makes a lot of sense the really great drivers get all four tires as close to 100% as possible, or as many as they can. Uh, not just kind of the two you think of normally doing the job, but they figure out how to get the other ones involved, really. So it's, um, and that's hard to do. It's really to, to step beyond it. Yeah, I'll say that the the like, for those of you who are new, Chris is are, are probably our best driver and the best trainer for us. And when I really got better and really got better is when I heard the tires making more noise 
in places where they didn't make noise when I drove and really determining that, oh, I should be using more tire here or less tire there or more tire here. Basically, it was more tire everywhere. So, yeah, definitely, absolutely, 100% believe that. Um, but the other thing that I learned really early in my career is about linking turns. And linking turns are something you really need to be able to do and you really need to understand the track you're on and you really need to understand the track you're on in in segments. And we're going to talk about this, but basically, you know, the sections are important to do the entire section faster. And sometimes that means doing a single part of that turn or maybe an entire turn slower so that the section is faster. I know it sounds weird, but you really need to look at the track and sections when a straight is coming and there are multiple turns going into it. It may be impossible to carry the correct speed into the second turn, and that is linking turns. So, whew, okay, it's going to get deep here for a second. It's really it's, you're giving up one turn, throwing it away to do, to do the second one better. right. Yeah. Yeah, or sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes Absolutely. you give up the second to get the first. Totally. So in a, in a standard out-in-out, out, if you do that and you end up in the wrong spot or carrying the wrong speed and you find yourself in a turn in the wrong spot and the wrong speed, you should be linking those turns. Sometimes there's not enough space to do both, to recover. Sometimes the, the next one, you know, puts you onto a section that you can't be. So if the second turn opens up into a sweeping section or into a straight, then you know that you're giving up the first turn to make the second turn faster because the second turn is more important. So it's more important to have more exit speed in turn two. All right. So if the faster turn is first and then it maybe it like it becomes a tighter and tighter section, the opposite may be true. So you take the first turn as more classic out in out, even if you end up missing the apex on the second turn because it will make the section faster. And I said a lot of things right there. But I'm just going to say that you really need to understand it as a section. Different cars are going to act differently. You need to be there. You need to be looking at the sections to figure out how your car is going to do that, that section fastest. All right. If you're in a straight line car, you got a big motor. You're like, yeah, I go down the straights like a rah, rah. Even if you miss the apex after the straight, it's okay because you're drag racing, parking, turning. Drag racing, parking, turning, momentum cars are where this, you can't accelerate really hard out of that turn. So holding the momentum between turns and into the straights are critical. And every car driven in that manner is going to improve your lap times. So if you're doing this drag race, slam on the brakes, turn, try and survive the turn, flatten it again, you're probably not linking the turns correctly and thinking about segments or you're just over braking or everything like that. So if you find yourself not finding the flow, think about it. If I slow down in the first one to set myself up for the second one, and then I have a straight, that's what I want to do. Give up turn a to make turn B right 
so that you hit that exit at turn B as fast as you can because, bam, there's the straight or there's the whatever section of the track where you need to be carrying the most set of speed. Um, I'm going to talk about New Jersey Lightning real quick. This is not our favorite track, but this is where <laughs> I learned it the best. Yes, we're talking about the Mighty Dong, okay? I'm going to do a quick turn-by-turn here. Turn one is after the straight. It's fast. There's no issues. Turn two is easy-peasy. Three and four are a left-right or right-left, but there's no time in between them to properly exit turn three to set up turn four. And turn five is the only real technical turn of the course. There's a slight crest. The crest is right at the apex, and the track opens up after it into a small straight. So that is the most important part of that entire section of the track. So you have to give up turn three to make turn four happen correctly so that you're carrying the right speed and your car gets placed in the right spot for turn five. Right. So that's it. Turn three is the least important part of the section. So you give it up. You slow poke around it. You don't exit the turn. You pretty much stay inside because, bam, there's four, and you want to be flat on your on your gas coming out of four so that you hit turn five entry as fast as you can be because you're going to just do a little brake brush, brush on the brake. You're going to turn. You're going to dive, and you're going to go right back onto that section because – Right after that, that straight is such a great passing zone. So you have to understand the flow of the track. Now, I'm talking about New Jersey, but learning how to attack a track in sections is what I have done again and again and again at every track I go to to learn which turns give up. Mentally. This is a good good friend and listener of the show. Jerry Ringle talks about... You know the the big screens whenever they show NORAD, you know, they have the big video and everyone's got all the screens and it's all this information on there. And when you first get to a track, it's all this information trying to go into your brain and it's impossible. So focus on just the one screen and that one screen you need to know is, is what's the racing line. And then once you've got that down, you expand to the two and three other screens. And that's that that second and third order effects of yes, this is the fastest way through this turn, but if I stay on this side, it sets me up for this. And as you start watching the flow of traffic and who's passing you and who you're passing that's where that awareness that jeff just talked about and giving up some of these corners to set yourself up especially when you're in traffic it's brilliant now chris you wrote in 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 the notes here you said like a three-turn section sometimes can go either way Mm -hmm. totally and that you never know which of the ones you're going to have to give up. And it might be both on the outside to make the middle right or you know, any combination of there above. So you're right. What, what corner do you need to give up in any series of turns to make the whole segment the fastest it can be? Because that's what we're trying to do is to have a flash lap time. So you're absolutely right, Jeff, and to say think of it in segments. You and if if you've done any other sport that involves speed and lines, the same thing applies. Like if you're a skier, think about how you're linking your turns together. You're not just taking one turn, kind of stopping and making another one. You're linking them together as and how you go down the hill and around the corner. Mountain biking, same kind of thing applies. Any anything with anything you're moving at speed and turning, 
the same concepts apply. So some people, you know, they can relate to those. And, uh, you know, any car can be a momentum car if you treat it like one. I don't care if you have a 69 Camaro on stock suspension. <laughs> you know, if you drive it like a Miata, you're going to go faster than if you just drive it like 69 Camaro and go down the street going, woo, and then hold on for dear life when you break because you don't know if they're going to work and then repeat, repeat. If you carry that bit more quarter speed, you can still go woo down the straights, but you're going to be going faster. That's all. And there's a tendency when you have a lot of horsepower to not use your car as a momentum car. And what people forget too is, is brakes. If you've got really bad brakes, you definitely want to start managing your speed like a momentum car. So you're not having to overheat them. It's, it's so easy to just use throttle to fix problems. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I screwed that up. I screwed that up. All right. I'm stand that loud pedal and go. Yeah. Where when you have a car that's got 120 horsepower and you screw up, you're paying for it for three or four turns by the time. You <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Where if you've got a good fast car, you're right back by the next corner. You're back to the speed you need to be and you're fine. So yeah, if yeah. you get used to driving in a slower, lower power car and not making those mistakes that you fix with throttle, you're going to be faster in the higher power car, but use that same principle when you're in the higher power car too. And I know this isn't the throttle episode, but the one thing you will not learn in a Miata that you need to use in faster cars is throttle modulation. Oh, yeah. Modulating sing, the sing gas. Sing the song, Chrissy. Modulating sing the song. The gas. Yeah. Modulating the gas. Yeah. It's a thing. That's all, it I, works. that's all I got on track segments. I could talk for hours. This is so visual, and I'm yeah. such a visual learner, oh. and it's really hard to, to, to kind of talk about it. Well, I can give so, a few more examples, oh, like if for fine. different tracks that people on. haven't been to Lightning, uh, they could, like Thompson, <laughs> after you come out of the bowl. Thompson, after the bowl, is a great one. Right, because you completely give up the left before the right, before the straight, right? Um, so, you know, there you go. There's another potential example. We talked about Lightning. That's good. Pitt's, uh, never mind. Go on, Chrissy. Just, Come on. Just keep going. Let's move on. <laughs> All of this is so Pitt good. Pitt race at the okay, end of the yeses. Yep. Yes, exactly. Oh, go, Chrissy. Go, go, in- go. interrupted Chrissy go. on their, on their go. bingo card. Do it. Okay. So go. as Jeff was go. just... As Jeff was just saying, visual. I, as Chris and I were talking about this earlier, I am visual. So let's talk about a corner before and after the straight. So if you will, picture your favorite straight. If you can't we'll decide on your favorite... Pick on no. Well, I mean, it's helpful if you drove it, but that's fine. Oh, uh, pick a major, and if you can't pick on your favorite, uh, pick a major straight on a track and think about what the corners look like before the straight. Straight is the most important part of the track because this is where you have the highest speed on that lap. The corner before the straight is the most important corner because you need to keep up as much speed through the corner and be flat out down the straight. The more speed you keep on that corner. If you didn't break so hard, if you kept the speed down the straight, you could keep the speed down the straight. I'm sorry. Say you break later and not and not as hard on and you're on the gas immediately and you're turning into that corner and you carry two miles an hour more. That's two miles an hour more that would be transferred all the way down the straight. And if you are two miles an hour faster for maybe 20 seconds, that's two seconds a lap difference. Yes. Someone did some math. Yes. So... Oh. Two seconds a lap is huge. Huge. 
Yeah. And that's just because you didn't break as much or you were on the gas faster or something like that. So now if you traveled flat out down the straight, you're thinking about the turn at the end of the straight. It often comes up and go, comes and goes so fast because you're passing, uh, you're checking your gauges, you're wiggling your fingers, you're getting a drink, and then you're making a plan for how you're going to handle turn one. So you've already gone down to your favorite straight. Think about the turn at the end. Since you're going fastest speed of your lap, you want to keep as much speed as you can for as long as you can. So one way to keep that going a little bit longer is to push that braking zone a little bit later, changing your line to the corner as you will finish braking just a little bit later, right? So if you're changing your where you're braking and how much you're braking, you're going to make that that change is going to it's going to change. Go around the corner. Making this adjustment might make a change at the angle that you take the corner, so you're going to have to adjust accordingly and where you end up on the other side of the track. If at this point you are ready to, uh, you'll be ready for trail braking, uh, which lets you carry the braking the corner and helps you rotate the car while braking a little bit later than the straight line method. Uh, we're going to more into trail braking in the second part of the show next week when we talk about braking. Uh, excuse me, when we, yes, when we talk about cornering trail breaking depending on the turns coming up you may need to take jeff's advice of giving up corners link them together and figure out which uh in the best way to keep the speed in the most important corners make sense yeah yeah i just want to revisit the 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 end of that like when you're trying to push your braking zone you're trying to like say you're going 110 that's the fastest you're going to go on that track at the end of the straight and you want to go 110 for just that little tiny bit longer, because the longer you spend at that speed, the more distance you're going to cover. It's the most important time to keep going as fast as you can. So <clears throat> if you can break, instead of it breaking at the two and a half, break at the two and a half and uh, a breath, that little bit is a significant amount of time. But if you do, if you've already determined two and a half is where you can break and then get off the brake and start turning, you're going to have to move that. One way to move it is trail braking. We'll talk about that next week. The other way is to move it at the two and a then you're going to have you're, you're going to finish braking a little later than you would have otherwise which is going to change your line it's you're not going to be turning in at the same spot you're going to be turning in just that little bit later so it's going to make you take a late apex through the corner and even though that might not be the fastest way through that corner classically because you're able to carry that bit more speed at your top speed it's going to result in a faster lap time depending on what's on the other side of that turn one yeah, I, I don't know what number it is, but the hairpin at Pittsburgh is probably probably the where I find the, Bef- it's before a short the straight, straight or the bottom of the hill. The the one that's before by the, the water straight. tower. In Pit, I'm sorry, I meant Connecticut. Whew. sorry, okay. Connecticut. Okay, the hairpin at Connecticut. I, I forgot what track I was on. Thompson. The, so it's, it's Thompson. So there's a short straight that is probably three on in. So it's the hairpin is four, I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, there, the line doesn't matter as much as because it's basically a hairpin going as late as possible and apexing way further than the geometric apex of the turn. So yes, it's classic out in out. But where you break is so much more important because it's such an acceleration point. Like it's not everybody hanging at their top speed. It's if you go a little deeper and a little further and turn a little harder, 
you know, and this is what you mean about changing your angle, change your angle and change your, your, your trajectory around that corner and move that apex as far as possible. You get around a lot of traffic and you basically are able to come out of that much faster segment again, much faster, maybe not exit speed. I think this concept rings well with a lot of the typical straights on most tracks. I think Pittsburgh, um, I have been picturing when I'm talking about this as at Watkins when only two of four of us know uh, what Watkins is like, but we had been there just recently. So I feel like the corner before the, the, the main straight going through the, um, the grandstand. So not the, the back straight, but the back straight works just as well because both of them, I was trying to push, push my braking zone because the car was running really well. The, um, you know, and I was, that was what I was trying to do when I was out there, especially on an HPDE, um, trying to break a little bit later but then my lines were changing because i was taking the corner differently as i was moving my braking zones and trying to uh, continue with that acceleration and it really works well with Watkins because both of those straights are very fast um, and the corners before them are very important and, and mm-hmm. still very fast well, Watkins, that that's what you're talking about is a great example because the, the turn coming into the the straight by the grandstands and the pits has a very big hard wall at the tr- at the yes. track out so <laughs> and, right so you don't want to push that but if you do and you get it right it makes a huge difference going down there so that straight but you got to pucker up and do it but it's actually better than taking it early which i did once and will never do again because i early apexed braked early early apexed and uh, was going at the wall. I, I yeah. saw the wall. I looked up to the last second, turned my head, and did not hit the wall, which is great. Uh, but at the time, I was going to hit the wall. So that's where you realize that early apex really a bad idea. Uh, if you take the normal or later or later, I'm still just going to make the corner and still make that early apex or the, yeah. the late apex to get on the track and not hit the wall. But yeah, both that, of those corners were You want to have the best rare. combination of earliest on the gas and earliest apex that lets you get through it with the highest exit speed essentially every time do it every go time. Yeah, don't yeah. hit that wall either uh, or the curb the- or the ditch <laughs> I, 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 I think i'm sensing some overall themes overall themes uh and, and i'll try and sum up some and link some of the things that we talked about is you know understanding the traction you have and how to use it correctly to use as much as possible to link things and later apex is almost always better than early apex but mm-hmm. on the gas as much as you can braking as late as you can gee we're talking about cornering but almost none of that has to do with cornering it has to do about entering or exiting the corner mm-hmm. because those yep. are probably more important than what you're actually doing at the apex yeah yeah there's yeah. i mean we could go on for all kinds of stuff with this there there's there's so much to talk about so, and uh, yeah. I, I, I am going to say this: if you find us, if you find any one of us, or more often all of us at a track, uh, I think one of the great traditions we've done in the last couple of years is do a track walk uh, as much as we can. Sometimes we can't do a track walk, or if you've got a question about a track we talked about, come find us because it, if it's not obvious already, it is not hard to get us talking about corners and driving and, and, and setting yourself up, and we will do it. All day, all night, we love it, and we're happy to. Or if you have some contrary input to what we're talking about, please come catch us. Yeah, uh, and really, one thing I just thought of that brings us all together for me is you have to think of the track holistically. You can't think of it one corner at a time. 
Think bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Or, or one part of the corner at the time. Yeah. That's where you get people who end up dive bombing or, you know, oh, oh, understeering right off the track because they thought more about their entry speed than they thought about their exit speed. Yeah. All right. And I know we're going to cover that in future episodes. Yeah. So really, we've got so much more to cover on this topic next time. So some of the points we're going to cover in the next episode include elevation changes and how it impacts grip. Ooh. I get right. to talk about squishy tires. Uh-huh. <laughs> driving offline in traffic and how to deal my, with it. My favorite thing to do. Driving two and three wide, even four occasionally. Uh, the dive bomb line, what happens? How do Why you, we hate it. Uh-huh. How to use the gas to help you turn, front, you know, including front-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive, and then how to use the brakes to help you turn. And all this gas and brakes is compared to the steering wheel itself. Like, how much is that actually doing compared to the other two things? Sometimes not a whole lot. Um, how to deal with acute corners? Jeff was talking, not just ones that are all isn't that cute. Uh, Jeff was talking about <laughs> hairpins. They're all cute. Yeah, Jeff was oh, talking about like the hairpin. Oh. You can't take a hairpin like you take a ninety. How do you how do you yeah. deal with these tight yeah. corners that are more than ninety degrees? Um, distance versus speed. They both matter, but at different times. Sometimes you want to take the one that gives as fastest. Sometimes you want to take the one that's shortest because that's less times. Things like that. Yes. So, yes. That's, like, that's an autocross you, thing. I didn't know what you were going for there, but I totally am guessing that one. Uh-huh. So anything else you guys want to hear about this topic and this discussion, drop us a line. We want to get to it because this is interesting stuff. And if we have to go three episodes, we will. Or if the next episode's two hours long, fine. This is This is good. I like it. Mm-hmm. So that's all awesome. on this one. Yeah. A- anything else for the good of the order before we move on to the next segment? No, it is. Hello, sweet or but terrible time. Wow. All right. Okay. <laughs> that was is it, qu- that was quite the bridge, Jeff. Thanks. Uh, uh, isn't it great how I learned to use all kinds of sound effects at SEMA? In the episode? Yeah. They were like, don't yell. Uh, yeah, we did that. Um, don't have good microphones. Not going to happen, uh, mental. Uh, <laughs> I've got good microphones. I have bad wires. It's yeah. true. Uh, so, yeah. Hella sweet or but terrible. Am I reading it or is Chris reading it? Because it I'll was it. Chris's fine. color. Yeah, no worries. So when we were out in Vegas, mental dragged home a stray puppy a while ago and still <laughs> sitting in his garage. This is a, uh, a, a essentially one owner... Much loved but much abused 78 Toyota Hilux. Apparently, the previous owner was a drinker because he'd hit a couple things. And uh, <laughs> also fancies himself a bit of a fabricator by you know, some of the things that have been installed on it at times. But, hey, it's a 78 Tie- Hilux. Tie downs right into the fender with screws. Oh, yeah. You can't uh, beat that. 05 Corolla seats. I don't even want to look and see how they were put in. But um, anyway. <laughs> This car, this truck, excuse me, this fine, fine work mule of a, really, it is a mule of a truck. Uh, it's uh, It's been in the desert its whole life, and it's older than I am, and it looks like it. It's been ridden hard and put away. <laughs> wet. Wait, 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 wait. You were born after 78. I feel so old. Sorry. Oh, hey, yeah. hey, Jeff, you could you could shut up any time now. Yeah. Um and, and and folks, and, and to continue this discussion, we'll uh, we'll throw after the uh, rally here. We'll throw some pictures of that truck up on our uh, various social medias to, we'll, to give frame to this discussion. And then you can chime in if it's hell or sweeter, but terrible on this question: Should mental keep the patina 
of his 78 Toyota Hilux. It is mostly orange. Some of the body panels used to be green when uh, when the previous owners had a few and uh, wiped those out and somehow found <laughs> junkyard replacements. Because this is old enough that it actually has Hilux badges on it. So, I mean, Ooh. this kind of truck is something I haven't seen in the Northeast ever, really, because they were rusted by the time I knew what a truck was. So, um it's, it's and I don't know, if, I don't know if, if, if you don't, if you've never been to the desert, I don't know if we can effectively convey how rust free this thing is. It is. It, it's rust free, but it's got every dent that a forty-something-year-old pickup truck <laughs> that's been treated roughly would have, and every weird like ripple and ding, and you know, there's no uh, there's no semblance of a shine to it at all anymore. No. Like if it was a Mercedes, they'd charge you. Th- Four thousand dollars extra to get the matte finish like this. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, should metal keep it exactly the way it is cosmetically, except you know maybe fix the broken grill, or should it have some love to the outside? It's it's a tough choice to make. Oh, see, you've just reframed the question. Because the original question is, should he keep the patina? Yeah, that's and it. I was gonna, I was gonna say. You absolutely keep the patina, but I was going to talk about a regiment to make the patina prettier. Uh, see, I feel like so, that's, that's disingenuous. It's disingenuous dirt. to like clear coat over the patina, like you see. No, like that no truck clear that, coat. No clear or, coat. Or, or even something like if it, CLR. CLR. No, I'm serious. CLR. Take a take a bottle with CLR, which has calcium, lime, and rust remover. Yeah. I use it on the water line of the boat. And do like 50-50 in a spray bottle and just give it a little rub. Just give it a little rub. It like, oh, it turns out beautiful. What would it do to this, for example? It it, it kind of, it well, it, it turns the rust sort of black. And it will it will pick up whatever little glossiness is left in that orange paint. And it was <laughs> so it, it like I said, it's not going to remove the rust. It just it just it kind of like says, "Ho rust, you can stop right there for now." Ho rust, what? Yeah, just 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 relax, rust. You can stay <laughs> rust. Like it's it's not like it's not like a was a poor fifteen. It's not like that. It's yeah. not like it's not it's like not na- it's not navel jelly or the, navel the rust. Jelly. Okay, yeah. Just it just kind of says you can stop right there, Rust, and it and it will like I don't want to say polish, but it will brighten the orange, and mm. I think that's what he should do. So that's a that 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 is a please don't leave it like it is. Mm, so you're kind but, of a, a hell of a patina a, flavor. I, I, I'm saying it's a butt terrible idea not to do something. So it's <laughs> it's a. Hella butt idea, or uh, yeah, sure. But sweet, <laughs> sure. It's a butt sweet idea. Butt sweet idea. I like that. I like that. Chrissy, what do you think? I was going to say keep it, but your your theory is I I don't like your idea. Uh, I say no. Um, <laughs> Whatever Jeff says, that's not right. No, not at all. I just I don't I don't think I think you're gonna make it worse. Like I feel like it it has a nice. Oh, don't disturb. Um, me. Yeah, so I feel like it's it's got a patina to it. It's got it kind of looks like you came you pulled it out of a bog and and it's kind of uh I don't think you can get that 
it's like it's like the boat like the boat we didn't clean it it was just it worked right like you it just had the had the had green moss growing on the side right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i think that's what i'm saying and that's kind of what the what the the truck feels like it has so uh, i like the half orange m- muted orange feel i'm going to say keep it and i think that's more of what mental's actually going to do so i think well, i'm going to win we, we weren't asked what Will mental? Oh, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be last. All right, I'll go next. And that I think keeping the patina is hella sweet because that truck is never ever gonna be pretty, even when it was new. It was not pretty. No. So embrace the roots of the ownership and life that truck has led, and let it wear its scars proudly as it limps along. With 74 horsepower and, you know, <laughs> whatever else it's, you know, and, and that's it. It's, it's just an honest, hardworking old mule. And even when it's running well, it's all right. It's cool with that. Mental, make us all break our hearts and tell us what you paid for this $500 uh, truck. I drove it off the trailer. So that's that's I, I, if I'm going to set you up, I drove it off the trailer. I have the title signed in my in in the, where I keep the keys in the house. Uh, I paid five hundred dollars for it. Oh, yep. Oh. All right. So mental. What do you? Those think of us of the out idea? east are all going. Why do I live in New Jersey or Pennsylvania <laughs> or West Virginia or Massachusetts? Oh. I say that every time I go to the Rockies <sighs> or West, I say Why somewhere the anywhere. Hell do I live here? <laughs> so I. I I bought the uh, truck and I hadn't had a chance to do anything with it, even register it. And Chris had planted this idea in last week's show notes, but we already had a, a bunch of stuff to go on there. And it was not my intention. My intention was to go and I, I'd even looked up the original paint code and I was just going to respray it kind of that flat orange. But all of this is intriguing to me. And I, I do love things with a story and I feel like it's going to be preserving the story. Now it is going to get a nice set of wheels. It's the same bolt pattern as an Avalon. So it's going to get, and I'm not going to slam it, but it's going to get squished a little bit. And the interior is definitely going oh, to get a lot more comfortable. It's already squished. <laughs> it's it's going to get lowered a little bit. Those leaf springs have like no life left in them. <laughs> so but, uh, fortunately I, around I, there, you can find some dude out in the desert with a leaf spring shop. And he's yeah. as grizzled as uh-huh. this truck, but he'll know exactly okay. what to do with them. Yeah. And I'll go, I'm going to go through and do the bushings because I, I do want it to drive not, you know, it's not going to be fast, but I want it to drive well and I want it to drive nice. Um, this is an intriguing idea. And what I love about it is it's, it's really unduplicatable. There will not be another truck that, that is done up like this if I leave it this honest look to it. It's a hella sweet idea. I like it. Yeah. Even if you finish it, Vicky's never going to ride it anyway. So no, no. It no. So it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> if it's got that honest, honest, you know, work truck patina that it's got now, when you throw a motor in the back, you're like, eh, that's what it's for. And you'll tie it to the tie downs yeah, that are screwed in the side. Do, and, uh, yeah. I'm going to do the rhino line in the bed of the truck just so it, it you know, it, it does that. But no, it's, it's, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Hella Sweet. It's going to, I like the patina. We're going to do that. I'm right. going to try the 415 idea on an, un, on an, uh, an under you know, a remote part that no one will see and we'll see what it looks like. But oh, I, I, I'm, CLR, meaning, not I'm sorry, not the perfect yeah. CLR. I'm going to try the CLR idea, well, but I feel like I'm going to go with Chrissy on this one. 
four fifteen mm. on the underside of the bed would be good. Yes, that yeah, that's up that smart idea. Yeah, I'm sorry. And the the and then four fifteen on the inside of the bed just to protect it, and then yep. do the rhino line on the uh, the inside of the bed, but leave the rest of it honest. I yep. like it. Cool. I like it. Okay, okay, next show, we're going to, as we just said, we are going to go talk more about cornering. Uh, send us a, drop us a something, email, <laughs> social media, any of that stuff. Uh, and let us know what you think of this show, if you disagree or agree. Uh, and if you want to talk about anything else cornering, or if there's something that you think goes with cornering, we're happy to talk about it. Absolutely. I love it. Drop us a something. I'm going to change the end credits to be drop us a something. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for downloading us. We hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Everyone Racers. We'll also hope you join us in the world of driving, racing, and building because everyone can be a racer. Even you, if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe. It is totally free. Then go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Even if you hate us, give us five stars and tell us why. If you have any questions or show ideas, drop us a something. On our Facebook page, Everyone Racers, or email us at everyone.racers at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram or Twitter at everyone.racers. Thanks again, and until next week, keep the patina side up. Unless there is no patina side, then just keep the wheels down. Uh-huh.